I want to fire us up to do something uh, this evening. And we've, we're basically reopening the church now for prayer. Um, so you're going to hear tons of adverts coming your way to know how and when that's happening. But uh, plans are underway. It's likely to be on Fridays. And I just want to fire us up to pray and to maybe even come here and pray. Of course, you don't have to come here to pray. It would be great if you did. Um, and uh, every human being should pray. And today's talk is why every human being should pray, from the youngest to the oldest. And I asked Nick to read from the Lord's Prayer. Now, the Lord's Prayer is the greatest prayer ever, obviously. Um, because it's like um, a framework of what all prayers can look like and it just includes this vast panorama of great content for our prayer life. Um, and so I'm actually, I'm just going to let it stand. I'm only going to refer to it a couple of times but I'm going to pick bits apart and develop it for us and I just want to give us a few reasons why we should pray. Now, a few weeks ago I found this article uh, from another preacher who said prayer is like a wartime walkie-talkie. Oh, that's a phone, isn't it? A wartime walkie-talkie, which you can call up to the Lord God in the middle of war. And of course, church life is a battle. Church isn't a hospital where people come and um, like quietly just get lulled into a nice little kutchy bed position and we sort of give them sedatives and rock them off to sleep. That's not church. Church is a battlefield and we're all soldiers in the army of Jesus. And so prayer, I'm going to take his headings because he didn't really develop it. He just gave headings and Bible verses. So I'm going to jump into it and develop those headings because I really like them. Um, and so if you're drawing anything this, uh, this evening or legoing it or whatever, draw like a battlefield and with people with walkie-talkies, the army of church chatting to the Lord who's in heaven and maybe even have the Lord Jesus amongst the church fighting the battles like he does and he used to do in the ancient church. So, um, why uh, should we pray? Prayer time is a walkie-talkie. Alright, the first one is we're to pray for courage. Encourage. That means, the E-N there means in. Put courage in. We need to stuff courage into ourselves, into our church family, to get on being soldiers for Jesus on planet Earth. Here's the verse. Um, Ephesians 6.19 Pray also for me that whenever I speak, says Paul, words may be given me so that I will be fiercely, so that, sorry, so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly. So Paul, one of our great old church members, he's died now, but he said, please pray for me so that I have courage to fierce, fearlessly tell people about Jesus. Why should every human being pray? i tell you this. Why should we come on Friday and pray? Because... We are all made to know and to share Jesus, but we are all wimps. And Paul was a wimp. 
So he's like, please pray that God helps me speak about Jesus and his message. Because we're all wimps. I'm a wimp. Neil's a wimp. He's filming. I'm not going to call Nick Perry a wimp because I'm slightly scared of him and he's older than me. Actually, Neil's older than me as well. So, okay, just I'm just a wimp. Um, and the Apostle Paul, he's dead. He can't do anything about it. So, but the problem is, when we go to talk to even our neighbours about Jesus, which we're all called to do, everyone listening, come and know Jesus, then get telling people about how amazing he is. When we come to tell people about it, like even if we live next door to a 93-year-old old biddy who's like called Mabel and she can hardly talk, all she does is smile all day every day because she's so happy about how wonderful her whole life has been. When we come to share Jesus about her, she suddenly can feel like a Spartan army of 6,000 God-hating people and we become really frightened. Even if she wouldn't react like that, of course she might, she might be a right nutter next door. But even if she didn't, it feels like she might and we get afraid. What will she think of me? So, the reason we get scared is we love our own reputation more than we love Jesus' reputation. We need prayer to be courageous because if Betty does come to know Jesus, she needs to also know that she's fallen short of the glory of God and she's got loads of sin and she needs to confess it, and Christ died, and she was partly responsible for that, and her sins held him there on the cross. And, and it's like we might be the channel of which that message is conveyed to us. So, we all need to be more brave for Jesus. Um, Paul asks for prayer. I, was, um, I know a lady, and she is friends with another lady, and um, this is a true story. Her friend got married and had kids and one day they were walking in some woods and they came to a fast stream and um, they walked on a log across the stream. In the, it was icy water, but the log like shook and they all fell off. So two of her children and her young children started floating away in this really fast stream, freezing cold. And the, the mum managed to grab one of the boys and fling him back onto the side the bank and he broke his leg in the process the other kid had been swept down and his leg was pinned under a rock and he was underwater and so locals managed to see it and they chased after him and wrenched him out thank the lord they were all safe but then the mum started thinking about deep things what if me and my family were all called to die suddenly that day What would happen? Where are the answers? And then she remembered my friend from her days with her in uni. And my friend had talked to her about Jesus. So she rang my friend to ask these big questions. And they all became baptized church members who loved Jesus in the end. How did she know who to call? Don't call the Ghostbusters. When the big things of life come up, she knew because her friend had courage years ago in uni to speak to her about the Lord Jesus Christ. We all need prayer to speak more so people know who to come to to be rescued. By the way, if you hear like pneumatic drills in the background, that's because builders have just started doing work. Um, 
So, sorry about that. Anyway, the next thing that you need to do in a, in a battlefield is call down target location and troop deployment. Lord, we need to know where to place people to better spread your word and your message, and we need to know who those people are. So here's Acts chapter 13, 1 to 3. Paul and Barnabas um, are sent out to people. They're called Gentiles. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was also called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manim, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid laid hands on them, the church sent them away. Um, So, God the Holy Spirit in the early church raised up people to be part of church life. He equipped them with gifts and he sent them out to areas to do his work. Ladies and gentlemen, God raises up soldiers in his army to do his work. Every human being on planet Earth has been made to turn from themselves and turn to Jesus. To stop idolizing self and stuff, to idolize the Lord Jesus. And the Holy Spirit then raises them up, trains them, matures them, sends them out. And it's the prayers of the church which help the church figure out, all right, who's to do what and where? And who are these leaders? Um, Here's a fact. The next generation will lead. They just will. They'll lead in the secular world. They'll lead in church. The issue is, will they be good leaders or bad leaders? There's always going to be people leading groups and saying stuff and doing stuff. The issue is, will they be good leaders or bad leaders? This generation in Acts chapter 13, they were good. They furthered the message of Jesus effectively. And it was through prayer and asking that the Lord made it known to the church. So come and pray. Pray about your life, what the Lord wants you to do. Pray about church life. Pray about your friends who you want to see grow into leaders and be amazing teachers of the word and Whatever it is, come and pray. Come and pray. Um, Steve Jobs, the Apple founder, once called up the executor of Pepsi, I think it was, and they had this famous meeting. Steve Jobs pitched this to him because he wanted him on board for Apple. He said, do you want to spend the rest of your life making sugared water or do you want to change the world? And what happened was, the guy came on board and lo and behold, you've probably got an Apple device. The world has literally changed. He was called to a more worthy cause, apparently, than uh, making Pepsi. He was probably right. I mean, Pepsi's quite bad for you, isn't it? But it is nice. It's not as nice as Coke, though. Point being, the Lord Jesus Christ died so human beings in his church don't live for pointless stuff. 
we get sent to do worthy stuff in his name. Church and prayer make that revealed. I don't know if you know the 18th century bishop James Haldane. He was sent to be a missionary in Morocco in the Atlas Islands. He went to every village uh, around the Atlas Mountains, not Atlas Islands, Atlas Mountains. And, and he said to his son on his deathbed, after years of hard work and church labor, a lifetime of work, I don't know of one single person who became a Christian under my ministry out here. But one generation later, there were hundreds and thousands of people brought to Christ and brought into church membership in North Africa. And the groundwork that he laid was the fuel that the Holy Spirit burned to spread that message of Jesus in that part of Africa. And to be honest, we need to pray as we're working, Lord, even if we're not seeing much fruit, keep reminding us, Lord, that maybe our calling is just to like sow the seeds. Maybe someone else one day is going to water it and there's going to be fruit. But Lord, keep us going, whatever we see in front of us. Prayer for troop deployment and tactical missionary and to keep going. Here's a big one. Nick read it. Um, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Protection and cover. Here's another one in Luke um, 12. Oh yeah, it's the same in in Matthew 6 and Luke 12, isn't it? Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Here's a fact. It's quite a scary fact. Church has an enemy, Satan. There's lots of enemies of church, but Satan is one of them. He's evil, and he hates Jesus, and he hates church. He's trying to to destroy both of those things. And he wants every human being not to get to know Jesus, but to stay away from Jesus, and one day end up in hell. Every human being. And we're to pray for protection that his plan doesn't succeed. Um, we're to pray that the disarming power of Jesus on the cross continues to disarm the works of evil. So you can come and pray that good will prevail and evil will be stopped. It's really interesting. Um, I once knew an electrician who did a job for me in where I used to live years ago. And um, at the time I was working for Calvary Baptist Church. I'm not a Baptist, by the way, but that's another story. Calvary Baptist Church. The electrician made the checkout. He must have been doing a job for the church, actually, because he had to make the checkout. Oh, we had to make the checkout from the church, whatever. And the word Calvary was on it. And the dude had never heard of the word Calvary. He had to ask how to spell it as he made out his invoice. And I was like, man, he doesn't even know the word Calvary. Now, the reason the electrician had loads of good stuff in his life wasn't in hell and being completely devoured by evil beings was because of the Lord's grace upon him. And the Lord's grace upon him is because Jesus has disarmed the evil. Jesus fought the evil on Calvary. 
And there's this like blanket of goodness and common grace over all of planet Earth where the devil is being held back because of the work of Jesus on Calvary. Some people don't even know the word Calvary. If Satan had his way, everyone in Cardiff right now would be weeping, wailing and gnashing their teeth. But the power of evil is being curtailed because of Jesus. And we're to pray that that protection, which is chiefly over the church, would spread further into the cities and beyond. And that people who are under the common goodness of God will become under the church goodness of God as well, in like a saving, intimate way. Is this your story? Jesus came, he snatched me from evil, and he's placed me in his safe arms and I'm going to obey him all the days of my life because he's that good I think I'll do one more I've got an absolute ton more I think I'll do now I'll do two more stay focused keep drawing those pictures pray for firepower to blast open a way for the word of God here's Colossians 4 verse 3 I'll do 2, 3, 4, 5 and 6 devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So we've heard that before, but it goes on. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Is it put in another way in Matthew 9 from Jesus? Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the fields. Paul is praying again that God would blast open doors in life, not literally, probably not literally, in like people's hearts who are blocking Jesus. So that the words of Jesus through them would land and hit. But then he says something else. Pray that I'd be wise in the way I speak. That my words would be like sweet and like seasoned with salt and tasty for people to hear. Why do we need to pray that for people? Pray that we would all be more like Jesus when we're spreading the word. Because some people, and I'm like this sometimes, are terribly bad. And our words are just mistimed awkward, contrived, pushy. I've got a job for you to do this week. Think of like, an evangelist is someone that spreads the evangelion, the good news of Jesus. Make a list of what strikes you about characteristics of a person who is an evangelist. Often, sadly, people would think, oh, someone who knocks doors, they're really pushy, they're like a salesman, they don't say no, they don't hang up the phone, they're intrusive, they're abrupt, they're confrontational. Like that's what comes to mind often when people are evangelists. But, but now make another list. Speak, make a list of the qualities of someone who had a deep impact on your life for Jesus and maybe spoke words about Jesus and the gospel in ways that changed your life. The list is incredibly different. It's like, 
Oh, they were patient with me. They prayed for me for ages. They listened to my words. They were calm. They responded articulately. They were kind. They were peaceful. They were generous. They were brave in highlighting where I was going wrong, but I knew it was for my good. Those two lists, like scrap the first one. The evangelists need to be seasoned with salt and come and pray on Friday because you naturally are not seasoned with salt. You're a sinful nutcase. You're abrupt. You're full of self. And your pastor is the worst one of all of those. Like, pray that Owen, when he delivers messages, would not be like Owen, but would be like Jesus. I was going to do one for about healing the wounded. I'm going to scrap that. Um, because that is like an app. Look how many pages I'm flicking back and forth just for that one. Because James chapter 5 is all about praying for the wounded and they'll be healed. Um, but no, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. We'll do that again. Basically though, pray for your loved ones according to James that they would be healed. Body, mind and soul you can pray for them. Sometimes they won't be. And that's another sermon. But you're still to pray that they will. So I tell you what, above all of that, come and pray that good will be done, body, mind and soul, in our loved ones. And that might mean that they won't be healed physically of something. So a greater good can work in their hearts and souls. And that greater good is that they'll get to know the Lord and that Jesus and his sufferings would resonate with them in their sufferings so they let loose of this life And maybe for the first time, grab on to the world everlasting Jesus Christ and his Father by the power of the Spirit. Thank you for listening. Prayer is a wartime walkie-talkie for the reasons I've said. So come and pray with us on Friday. Have life-changing experiences with the living God, Father, Son, and Spirit. We'll be back in a couple of hours to read Isaiah Yeah, we're not going to get to Jeremiah today, but come for Isaiah, that Jesus-centered book. We will see you later. Amen.